0: Oh, yes, right. Um, we're back. Yes, indeed, it has been a while uh, since the last episode of Plug In and Play. In, in fact, I think, ladies and gentlemen, it's been about six months, um, if truth be told. Uh, what in God's name have we been doing? Well, playing video games. Where where, where else did you think we were? Um, it has been a while, and I do apologize, but we're back. We're back in tremendous spirit For the plug in and play Christmas show of 2022, both talking about your Christmas of past, your Christmas of present, and indeed, like Scrooge being visited by the ghosts on Christmas Eve, we're also looking ahead to your Christmases of the future, or indeed at least to 2023. My name is Wayne Madden, and it is a delight to be back with you again wherever you're listening to this show, be it on Amazon, be it on Spotify, whatever your chosen player is, even if you've just asked Alexa to tune in and play plug and play, which I did the other day and got a great trill when I heard my own voice back at me. So it's absolutely wonderful to be here for your company again. Um, before I introduce uh, my, my co-pilot for today's flight through the Um, Flight through the sound of your mind. You like that as we fly through your ear canal on this amazing journey. Um, In all seriousness, a thanks to New Enterprise Studios based in Southwick and Sunderland for the use and hospitality of their glorious recording space. Uh, This is being recorded in Studio C of New Enterprise Studios. And indeed, they are available for all your filming needs, be that building props, studio space, script consultations, filming, editing, whatever you need, New Enterprise Studios can help you from script to screen. So a big thanks to them. Now, for those regular listeners to my show, and I know there are only a few of you because we're still building our um, our legacy, as it were, our repertoire, probably is a better word. um, You will be familiar with my co-pilot for this afternoon. And it is, of course, a wonderful man with whom I had a fantastic conversation previously about well, I suppose you could say online gambling, but certainly gambling within games and an absolutely fana- a fascinating conversation about the legacy that that poses within video gaming and everything else besides. And um, whether you know him as Implied Lies or whether you know him as Philip Christopher, you know him as a friend to the show. And Philip, you're you're very welcome. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me on again, Wayne. Uh, yes, you are right. We to talk about gambling last time because we did. Why not have the northeast lad on to talk about all the addictions and all <laughs> the, the problems that are wrong with gaming? Yeah, uh, no, I, uh, I it was great last time and I'm happy to be
0: here for this time. Oh well, well I'm delighted to have you back because it's uh, it's quite a fascinating uh, topic as it was last time when we talked about mobile gambling or gambling within games. I have to confess at the time I didn't know a lot about it and since then I've been more aware probably than ever because of our conversation Um, gaming related I play a a game on my mobile phone called Beatstar which is a kind of like a guitar hero hybrid you tap your thumbs in line with the music and it's a, a fairly straightforward game and obviously like any music game if they're using songs licensed tracks by artists that you like it becomes a more engaging game for you and the whole point is that for every every song that you complete depending on how well you'll get stars and stars advance you to the next level and so forth and so on but of course like a lot of mobile games there's an incentive that if you wish to give yourself shall we say an advantage or a boost you can purchase gems now some of these very few of them are available on a daily basis for free and the gems help that when you make a mistake in a song you can you know, pay some gems and just restart and have another go from where you left off. So it's advantageous in in a sense to have the gems. They're also used to unlock content and stuff like that. And it's the same with probably most mobile games. But it's amazing that when I think, you know, uh, this particular game, it releases season passes. So every couple of weeks it'll say, right, season four is up now, and here's the songs that are specific to this very season, and here's the goodies that you can only get as part of that season. So as you're climbing the ladder, you're earning a little bit every day, but if you have a season pass, you also earn the season pass goodies as well. So there's there's definitely an incentive to pay I think it's about 12 13 pound for the season pass plus there's the option of maybe I think recently one of them I got Don McLean's American pie and the only way you could get American pie in this game was to get this particular season pass it didn't come up otherwise so when I look at my back catalog of what I've spent on this game, and I have to confess I have been spending money, I've, I've probably spent over the purpose of a year and a half, I've probably spent about 150 quid on this game alone. Which sounds as if I have a serious problem. And maybe I do. And that's where I seek your conscience and wise advice, Phil. Okay. Do, do I have a problem?
1: <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. One, that was a very, very long, long way yes. to say, do I have a gambling
0: problem? That wasn't my intention, <laughs> but it, it just start. started. The more I talked about it, the more I thought, actually, uh, maybe I do have a problem. Uh, but yes. No,
1: no. Uh, one, no, I don't think you have a problem. Is it out of control? control. Can you not stop spending?
0: Ah, uh, no, no. I are mean, you, I, I are just... you
1: spending rent on it? Ah, uh, no. No, no, well, no then you go. No. <laughs> so, yeah, don't spend what you can't afford to lose. That's kind of the whole thing of it. This is true. Um, so, yes. yes. So, in terms of like, it's weird because I'm a social media management student third year. Yes, yes. And uh, one of the things we do a lot of is marketing and PR. Mm. And a lot of the what these games do when they get into you to get you to pay for stuff is they use really traditional marketing tactics yes for example like your American Pie thing there yeah. that's a version of FOMO so okay. fear fear of missing out oh right so there's a, there's a term for it yes so it's basically you you be, you just go hey look we know that you you all love this song so here's the thing what more than likely they did is they went through like all the classic rock songs mm. and went oh we know people are going to like this one let's put this one in the battle pa- in the pass yes let's put this one in the season pass mm. and then if you want it you're going to have to give us some money for that, that yes. bad boy but one of the things that don't ever talk about is the marketing deals they then done behind closed doors to get the rights to those songs and then how much they're going to be getting on top of that and then yes. how much is it going to cost for advertising and yeah so it's all just a big circle and it's it's a vicious vicious cycle so it's, uh, it's why I don't get into it I used to work in the actual gambling industry as well right right so I used to work in, like... So,
0: first-hand knowledge, really? Yeah, yeah, literally. I used to work
1: in those, uh, the machine halls.
0: Oh, right.
1: So, uh, I used to work in one in my hometown. And Uh it's, you just see people come in and just blow money like nothing. I I watched someone sit down at a VIP arcade machine... Mm and just 2 grand popped it out within an hour
0: what um now this is this is interesting because obviously vip gives that image of it's going to be immensely pleasurable for the user that they are an important what makes it a vip machine in this case
1: uh, so in that case it's like it was like a full like imagine being in a rally seat but just gambling right so it was like you're in the, the most comfortable seat you've got the biggest screens gotcha. you've got people coming over to you all the time Asking if you want tea and coffee, whatever it is. Yes. Uh, But the main thing is that a higher limit. Interesting. If that's that's the only real difference when you do like stuff like VIPs, like I've watched. Ah, just it's. But I've got some horror stories. But anyway, we'll, we're doing gaming today and not not but gambling. Is, but this
0: is interesting, though, because it is in a sense, in a sense, a, a form of gaming. Because of course, video, you know, arcade machines, that slot machines would be seen as a form of video gaming. Mm-hmm. Certainly within the same family, distant cousins at the very least. And yeah. looking at my phone, for example, there's the Beatstar that I've mentioned, and there's also one that, of course, has been, you know, widely publicised over the last six or seven years. That's been out now which is Pokemon Go. Now, the thing about Pokemon Go, I have rarely, if ever, I think once I paid money in Pokemon Go, and ultimately after that, I just thought, no. And I think the thing about Pokemon Go is, as much as I enjoy it the odd time for the novelty of it, if I want to play a Pokemon game, I will sit down and play Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu (laughs) on the Switch, and that will be my game of choice. Whereas with Beatstar, it's more a case of, first of all, there isn't a similar game at the moment. ...on current-gen consoles... ...because if they brought Beatstar onto the Switch... ...and you paid 50 or 60 quid... ...and you just had a a catalogue of songs to work through... ...I'd buy that. But I think as well as that... ...it's also because it encourages and definitely probably because Pokemon Go is more aimed at children that this doesn't happen but Beatstar definitely encourages your investiture of money more often and it's a lot more adult in that sense Mm -hmm. Um, but it's worth mentioning as well that like I often you know very rarely will I engage with mobile games at all I remember when there was that big shift towards mobile gaming probably around the early 2010s for the first time people were talking seriously about having smartphones that you could play the sims or Premier manager on and it was a big deal you know it was that idea of let's come and play actual soccer on your phone and you were like all right okay and it wasn't you know it just wasn't lining up in the way that you wanted it to Whereas nowadays, even with the likes of Apple Arcades, rarely—and maybe I'm mistaken. Tell me if I'm wrong, but rarely would I find myself playing a video game on your mobile phone. I would sort of have them separate.
1: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't play mobile games either. Like, it's—I yes. I don't know if it's just because I'm like I'm a little bit older, but like when I think of mobile games, I don't think of stuff like you know, the Beat Star thing. That yes. you think of. I think of stuff like Farmville from sure. like facebook in the early 2010s. Yes. <laughs> yes. Stuff like that. I don't I don't think of mobile gaming but then you talk about like the industry that it's in like the, how huge it is. So like for example mobile gaming is more popular than console and PC gaming in Asia. Yeah. And it's like the biggest gaming market. It's incredible. For stuff like uh PUBG Pub, uh, PUBG on mobile sells more and does more in terms of revenue than any console or PC version.
0: That's insane.
1: And it's it's mainly because of like it it's it's what <laughs> people in Asia they don't have they don't have time to sit down and play a video game they, yes. they, they, they're, they're, it's constant you're just you're going somewhere else you're going to work you're coming back from work you're on the train you, whatever it is
0: and it, yeah it's it's interesting isn't it because um, I, I know that they've obviously tried to look for that shift more in the UK and in Europe further afield in North America's. it hasn't quite played out now we will talk a little bit about the Switch which seems to be arguably is the most successful portable console if not portable hybrid ever created. But they have obviously PlayStation tried something with the Vita and the PSP. We've had other iterations through the Game Boy over the years. What I find interesting about that, though, is that when you're talking about people kind of playing on the go, I was in France recently. I walked in. I don't know if I was telling you this, but I was in France recently. I walked into a shopping center with the intention of buying a a Switch game or two while I was over there visiting relatives, and I walked into this this store called Leclerc and how it was set up was Leclerc is kind of the same as Tesco if you like but separate to their groceries and their homeware and their toys and whatnot they have a Leclerc electrical outlet so you just go across this short little hall this shopping center and you have the separate store for Leclerc electrical or Leclerc um, audio visual and it's stuff like books and posters and that kind of thing and also video games but the point was I went to the Switch section. The Switch section was three aisles long. The entire back wall of this store was adorned with Switch games. If I walk into a game store in the UK or if I walk into a Tesco, I'm lucky to get one shelf dedicated to the Switch. In game, uh, truthfully, it's probably about one smaller section of the store. But in France, it was just incredible how much shelf space the Switch had between accessories and games and consoles and peripheries and I just had to sort of stand back and take it aback how much Nintendo's logo was present even though there was a lot of Xbox and PlayStation the switch was very much a dominant feature and so someone had said to me recently that apparently even though the switch is really popular in the UK There is still less people purchasing it here than anywhere else in the world.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, there's the. Part of that is, for one, is the, the whole thing of, like, you, you don't, again, like you were saying there, you don't have many of the Switch games actually in stores. But then the other reason is that a lot of people buy digital now and buy That's online right. and you, you just use the online stores. Uh, stuff like Game Pass has proved that people really kind of don't care about physical product anymore when it comes yes. to video games. So it's, I th- I, I, I see Nintendo and uh, other companies moving more towards that anyway and more that sort of a service. But in terms of Switch, one of the things you've got to remember about Switch is Switch launched before the new Xbox and yes. before PS5 as well. Yes. So it was it launched during the Xbox 1 PS4 era and it's still going. Yeah. And like now they've just brought out like the OLED screen version. Yes. They they they're doing like new versions all the time. And then they're also bringing about special editions all the mm-hmm. time like Animal Crossing. Yes. They'll do like oh you want an Animal Crossing themed Switch with Joy-Cons that are exact color matching. Yes, yeah, sure. You can have that, whatever. There's not really a lot of that when it comes to Xbox or PlayStation.
0: True. Because
1: true. The, also, when it comes to Xbox and PlayStation, it's so much more expensive. Yes. To actually get a console, um, it's why it's one of the things I really don't enjoy about console gaming anymore. <laughs> is that like you're locked into hardware? Yes. That's one thing I don't like, and the fact of like. If they just want to say, like, if they can charge whatever they want for the games... they can charge uh, like what we were talking about earlier that we we were saying yeah that that they're putting the prices of games up now by an extra 10%
0: that's it yeah absolutely and one of the things that we'll go into in further detail uh, on the show will be we'll be talking about the fact that a lot of top tier games now certainly for PlayStation and Xbox are going up to 70 pounds so one of the big hitters this Christmas naturally by virtue of the fact that it's one of the only AAA newly released titles for PlayStation and it's an exclusive of would be God of War Ragnarok and that when it hit shelves you're talking 70 pounds and people were like hang on a second and then there's even more of an explanation of is it worth it is it a 70 pound game but I want to uh, double back actually on something you said there which I thought was was quite interesting uh, all of what you say is quite interesting but uh, just to clarify that but I picked up on a point you were saying there about buying digital and I totally agree with you I think one of the things that spurred that on was the pandemic you know we were under lockdown for a considerable period certainly in the UK and on two occasions at least it was very very difficult to go to the shop buy the game and actually um, you know then take it home whereas it was just much easier to go I'll pre-order the game and when I wake up on release day it will already be downloaded waiting for me on my console in France they took it a step further so um I had obviously heard that well, new release games they won't be getting shipped to stores, and it was like, okay, fair enough, or it'll be more difficult to get games, and that's fair enough. If you had games on the shelf in France that were sitting there ready to be bought, well, somebody came along in these stores like Leclerc or Action or anywhere else, uh Aishon, excuse me, and basically tape them up with electrical or police tape to prevent people buying them. So I have some photographs that were sent to me on Twitter of a guy who took photographs in a local French store during the pandemic you could go and you could purchase your groceries, of course your essential items, but because these games were not marked as essential somebody had literally put up warning tape to go no, you can't just reach over and get what's on the shelf.
1: No, we're not going to let you help with something, grab something that might help you cope. It's it's right
0: there (laughs) and it might improve or help your mental health or it might just be as you say a boost or it might just be a birthday present for a, a person who's not doing too well or just for a young child and it's right there and it's in front of you and all you have to do is grab it and bring it to the till but no, you're not allowed to buy it which I thought was a very interesting but as I say, as a side note I think you're right I think as the years have gone on we've become more dependent I mean my Xbox for example is a Series S mm-hmm. and that particular Series S is completely digital only mm-hmm. now my PS5 is disc based and my Switch is, you know and that's fine and I buy games for them and I'm happy to do that when i'm able to but the xbox s specifically i couldn't buy a physical game even if i wanted to Mm. so it's quite interesting that that is kind of the way that and i can see the advantages to the manufacturer that it's probably easier for microsoft and easier for sony and it's a cost-cutting measure Um, but we will talk a little bit about that in a second now I know people are sitting out there and they're thinking God they're going on about spending money but it's a Christmas show and that's what Christmas is about is it not if nothing else other than the birth of Santa if nothing else it is about spending money um, let's talk about let, let, let's talk about Christmas pasts before we talk of our present yeah um, and, and i know you were telling me before you came on the air now i know that as gamers as collectors many of us especially those of a certain age in that golden era at the moment we all have you know as as you will be a wrestling fan as well as i am myself and many a story we have heard of wrestling fans getting classic figures over christmas the same applies for for gaming as well um do you, do you have a story that sits with you, like your your Christmas morning story?
1: Yeah, no, this is a fun one. Okay. Uh, so, it was, uh, so, I don't know if you had a, a parents or a mother like this, but uh, my mom, uh, she she's the type of person where she goes, like, listen, we're do- I, I've sorted all the Christmas presents out, but I haven't been able to do much. So don't don't like overestimate it or anything like that. Just, want, just Oh be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like keep your expectations. Temper them, ten ten them. Temper them. Yep, you know. Yep, so just okay, be careful. Yeah. Just you know, excited kids. <laughs> uh, you know, like what am I gonna get from Santa? All that sort yes, of stuff. Yes. So I was, I'm, I'm, I'm like twelve or thirteen, I believe. Okay. And I'm sitting downstairs under the tree, and I'm going through presents and stuff and whatever it is, and my mom goes. Why don't you open that one over there, that box? And I'm like, it's a fair, it's a, a, a medium sized box. It's pretty good, it's reasonable. Um, and uh, I, I'm just like, I open it and I'm like, oh, it's. A box of Freddos. <laughs> I, 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 oh, okay. I, I like I like And this is when Freddos were 10 pence still, by the way.
0: Oh, okay. alright. just all right. thought yes, I'd add that. That's important,
1: yes. it was, it was, it was It was a retail box of Freddos with it sell taped up. And that was the, to me, that was funny because me mom used to work in a corner shop at the time. Okay. And so I'm okay. like, oh, okay, that's that's a funny present. Oh, okay. And that's,
0: and that's believable because yeah. immediately you're like, well, my mom yeah, worked in yeah, a corner like, shop. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, and yeah she yeah, knows yeah. everyone okay. likes Freddos. Right, right. I'm whatever.
1: I don't think about it. I keep opening Right, And my mom turns around and goes, can you give us a Freddo? And I'm like, <laughs> why? You got them for me? Did you not want to... Eat? Yeah. I'm like, that's a bit weird. And she was like, no, no, get me one. I'm like, all right. Open the cell table. And there was just a PSP inside. Nice. <laughs> nice. I <laughs> was so... I was like... You put a PSP in a Freddo box. <laughs> I'm that's
0: like, that's, cool. that's I think, cool. Okay, that's pretty cool. That's actually, you know, that reminds me of something my dad used to do more from my mother. Um, in that he used to buy her gifts, and probably because we were kids, and you know, my dad being the old romantic that he that he was. I think uh, he once bought my mother, let's just say some nightwear. I don't want to embarrass my parents on this podcast, but he bought her something. But actually, I remember distinctively that he'd given it to her in a jigsaw box. So he bought her like this Disney jigsaw, but inside was the clothing. And under the tree, there was just like what looked like, that sounds like a jigsaw. And when she opened it, you've bought me a jigsaw. And then when she opened it, there was other stuff in there. And I know he did that a couple of times. He bought or a watch at one time and disguised it as like shower bath, a bath arrangement or so. It was very, but it's very ingenious because you'd see them under the tree and you'd sort of go, oh yeah, that's totally a book and then yeah. you'd open it up and the book is hollowed out and it's like, actually it's a knife, you know, but I don't know. My favourite one that
1: I've, <laughs> I've had uh, recently uh, off gaming yes. is uh, <laughs> someone, uh, <laughs> you know how like when people buy you like bottles of alcohol they'll get like yes. the bottle bags. Right? Yes, yes. And if some, People don't have bottle bags, they'll just wrap it, and obviously, you can tell
0: because of of the
1: very definitive shape. Yes, so I'm this is when I still drank, I don't drink anymore, (laughs) but uh, I uh, (laughs) there was was a couple of them under like my section of the tree, and I'm like, Yes, cool, that's whatever. Yes, I just walk over and I'm like, That's a bit lighter than usual. Yes, like, what's what, what you put in here? Opening up socks, I was like, How, how. I went. It looked like a bottle from like, everywhere outside, and I'm like, "What's?" And so, sort of like, that's the type of thing that my my mom would do for Christmas, where she just like hide things in in other different things, and excellent. Yeah, it's fun, fun bunch.
0: Oh, it's cool. Um, I I have I have one very specific gaming memory now. Actually, no, I'm just thinking of it. I have two. So uh, they both actually revolve around my late grandmother because the first one, I was about six or seven. This will tell you my age now. And I got a Sega Game Gear. Oh, The Game Gear, right? Game now, Gear. now, bearing in mind, I loved the Game Gear, but it took six AA batteries in the early 90s to run, and it ran out of power after about four hours worth of gaming. <laughs> so I ended up getting this Game Gear, and I loved the thing, but it was a very impractical console for a number of reasons, very impractical portable. But the other thing I remember, and, and how that relates to my grandmother, is that that Christmas we were visiting her when the actual game gear stopped working, you know, so I had to suddenly make conversation with my relatives, which is always (laughs) a bad idea. Um, But the second one actually is, is the, um, she passed away in the April, um, bless her, and the December before that, her last Christmas, she visited us at a house that we'd recently moved to, that my family had recently moved to. And I remember specifically she came for Christmas Day. And one of the reasons that I remember that Christmas as well is because I ended up getting a copy of... Do you remember there was a point-and-click X-Files adventure game that they released on the PS1? Oh. And you played as like an Agent Craig Wilmore or something. (laughs) And you had to solve a case because Mulder and Scully had gone missing. And I got that on that Christmas and I very distinctively remember again much like there's a patron here not wanting to talk to my relatives being in my own house and at the time I think I was about 14 or 15 if I've got the years right I would have been about 14 going on 15 so as a broody teenager sitting up in my room going I'm just going to do this myself and playing the X-Files on the PS1 and actually again I think it was one of those games where I'd ended up finishing it before for the end of Christmas Day. So I started it on Christmas morning and just flew through the entire game. And oh. before I knew it, it was over. But I still have fond memories of that game. I still yeah. see it for sale secondhand in CEX and the likes. And I'm still sort of looking fondly going, I remember you, you know, 1999 Christmas. That's what I was doing. <laughs> um, which is weird because when you look back at it now, that X-Files game was based on a storyline from 1997 so even by the time it was it was out on the PC in around mm. 96 97 even by the time it was ported to the PlayStation by November December 99 when it was released it was already two years out of date several of the characters you met through the story had actually died in the show before it gotten to that point oh, so but there you go but but it still remembers it still remains I should say I still remember it as and it still remains a wonderful Christmas memory mm. so in terms of, of Christmas past um, I I mean I was never one of those cliche kids who like uh, opened up a wrapping paper and found a Nez and spins round you know the footage <laughs> you see of the kid although my brother did get an N64 one year for Christmas and he pretty much he was uh, just at that right age where when he opened it up, he lost his mind, and rightly so, because with the N64 was a copy of WWF No Mercy. Oh, Which yes. many will attest to being the single greatest wrestling game ever released for a video game console burned on. Yeah,
1: it's very challenged. Um, it is. I, uh, <laughs> you've just reminded me of a story there. Yes. Uh, so I, this was uh, one of the years I was... Uh, I had a PS two. I remember that when I was a kid, and uh, we're going. Th- I'm going through stuff, and my brother was living with me at the time, and he's like ten years older than me, so I'm just like whatever. He does his things, and I go to school, and whatever, whatever I do, right? But one time I come back from school, and he's playing GTA San Andreas, and I'm like, okay, all right, you. You never said you were going to get this. Uh, all right, then, but you know, that, that that works. Yes. So he's playing GTA San Andreas, and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Can I play? And he's like, no, you're not old enough, all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I might be 14, but I want to shoot people in an imaginary place on San Andres. You know, <laughs> I wanted to do that. And I'm just like, ah, oh, that's, that's never mind there. Gets to Christmas Day. Little, uh, There's some console stuff there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have some games. Cool, whatever. Open it up. It's the same version of GTA San Andreas that my brother was playing. <laughs> he found out that my mom bought me it for Christmas and then wanted to play through it in its entirety before I got it.
0: Wow. wow. <laughs> I mean, that... I was like, "Come on,
1: man! Like, you can't even let me play it like on my own. You've got to, you've got to play it first. And I was like, "It was on my console. Like, you played it on my PS two, dude. Like, what the hell? Like, you just played it in front of me and you spoiled it all for me anyway."
0: That just, you know, that that says uh, that says a lot, doesn't it? Really, though, when you think about it, that says a lot. Oh, funny, yeah, It's funny though. Um, that's a yeah. I mean, I, I can see, I, I can pretty much see that happening in, in, well, especially where games are that expensive nowadays. I can see that happening in a lot of households where it's like, oh, you've got God, God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, I'll just give that a quick playthrough for a couple of days and uh, and then we'll, we'll parcel it back up again. Um, that said, that said... Um, and then when we were talking about digital games earlier and now of course it's quite commonplace that not only can you buy digital content for yourself you can gift it to someone so if you wish you can go online and buy a game as a gift and have it sent to their email address to like arrive on Christmas morning
1: you don't even have to do that anymore if you know someone's Steam account Yes. you can buy the CD key and send it to their account and make sure they don't see it till Christmas day. Amazing! Like Amazing. you can do stuff like that now, which is crazy. <sighs> what
0: a what a world! What a world we live in. Um, and speaking of what a world we live in, I was I was looking. So I was looking the other day at uh, some, you know, new. Uh, gaming revelations what's happening in the gaming world and the first thing that caught my eye is that PlayStation have announced that the PSVR 2 will hit shelves on February 22nd 2023 this indeed will not be digital because this is very much an actual peripheral that you'll need to wear on your head one thing however that took people's breath away was the price tag so there are two prices for this game It is the standard price for just the unit on its own and presumably there'll be some kind of demo disc or code, but that's not even guaranteed. But the standard price for the unit alone is £529.99. That is the recommended retail price in the UK. And there is a caveat to that. You can pay £40 more and pay £569.99, and that will come with a digital code for Horizon's new VR expansion. So the the mountain range. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure what the name of that is, but it's the new Horizon VR expansion that'll be released alongside as a kind of a launch title for PSV or two, mm-hmm. and that will be your that will be your bundle deal if you want. So. A bit sort of crazy when you think about it, and, and indeed, a lot of those stores that sell it retail, especially people like Game, they are going to be pushing for the 570 version hand over fist because oh, yeah. it, it makes no sense to buy it and not at least have one game with it. Um, but the thing is, maybe you're thinking, Well, I already have a PS4, uh, smart guy, and I have all of these titles. Well, I've got news for you the PSVR 2 is not backwards compatible. Now, Now, some developers, they have promised free compatibility upgrades like what was done with PS4 to PS5. So if you remember there, you put a PSVR disc into the console and it will register that you own it and it will allow you to play the free PS2 VR or the PSVR 2 upgrade. But ultimately, um, this is few and far between so far. So this is is a bit crazy. a better part of £600, mm. and it's not backwards compatible, mm. and it's not a console on its own. You still need a yeah. PS5 to play with it. So that's like a grand... And then let's right, so let's 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 Well actually I say you need a PS five. I don't know whether it's compatible with the PS4. I suspect not. Probably not, no. But you'd still need at least a console with it. yeah. So right, let's let's just budget yeah, this up for math, a real I'm second,
1: yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's five hundred and seventy quid essentially for this the, the VR thing. If you're yes. gonna get a proper one, you're gonna get yes. the proper one, aren't you? So that's five seventy for that. It's what, like four hundred for a PS five right now?
0: It's, Maybe more? It's at least, I think I think it's going up to 530, someone 530, had said. 530, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So
1: that's 1100 straight away, without, without, without dropping for a game. No. And you've spent £1,100. Yes. Do you know the type of PC you can build
0: for that? Well, I imagine, ultimately, a, a fairly decent one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, like,
1: if, if you're going to spend £1,100 on a console and VR... Get 700 of that, spend it on a halfway decent PC, and go get a, uh, one of the Steam VR things or yes. Oculus. Because honestly, it'll run smoother, you're going to have more titles to use it with, and it's going to be cheaper to run.
0: Well, this is the interesting thing that a lot of people would have said, right, listen, it's the end of 2002. We're entering 2003. Uh, let's talk about what a great year, what a full year the PS5 has had. And it's like, hang on a second it hasn't really because there's a lot of people and I know India has a huge problem with this but there's a lot of people in the UK and otherwise who simply haven't been able to get a hold of a PS5 Mm. and it's not necessarily a case of well you could have bought one for 500 at some stage it's a case of unless you have been keeping on top of it, you'd have to be very lucky to get one. And even if you do get one, there's no drop from a certain price tag. It's 500 or above, and there's no... So the interesting thing is that the... I won't even say the more casual gamer, because we talk about the cost of living, we talk about energy prices rising in the UK, and that all has a knock-on effect, and it makes you know Christmas more challenging this year, and of course it does, and it'll make spending money more difficult, especially on kind of extracurricular activities. So this is this is quite interesting now that we're left in that situation where we have a um, well, uh, effectively. As you say, eleven hundred pounds. Then, if you want the DualSense PS5 controller, the really good one—that well, I say really good, but the premier Mm -hmm. one—that's two hundred and ten pounds. And yet, and yet, at the same time, there's very little leeway because you go in, and as we said earlier, you go in and buy a top-tier game like God of Ragnarok, or you order it off Amazon, and they're slapping a seventy quid price tag on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's part 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 of a lot of this is to do with Sony. Yeah, uh, so I don't know if you've seen, uh, there's been a, a thing recently where Sony has put their price up compared to Microsoft like an extra 5%. Yes. Like it's, yes. it's it easily. So, like the same uh, the Call of Duty on Xbox with Microsoft and Call of, Call of Duty on PlayStation, you're going to pay 5%, 6% extra purely because it's on PlayStation. Yes. But yeah, you're playing with the same people that also bought it on Xbox. It's interesting. Yeah like what sure. what 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 are we doing here like what why are we pretending and i looked into part of the reason why it is the the price it is so game prices haven't changed really uh majorly within the last 5 to 6 years yes so like before this recent price yes. increase yes yes so what you've got to do is you've got to then layer in inflation on top of that price yes so not only are they li- lower, uh, putting inflation into that they're then taking 10% uh, no, they're taking, I think it's like 50 or more for like the price that goes on the PlayStation Store. Yes. So when you buy something from the PlayStation Store it goes to there's like a direct percentage of it that goes directly to Sony but that percentage that goes to Sony is way higher than what it is if you were just with Microsoft yes so there there seems to be a, a gaming wide video game industry problem in terms of price structure but the main thing that it's that it's putting in here is that they're trying to say um everything has went up in price like what do you we we have to pay these game developers yes. yes. and they're what they've all a lot of them are like we want to be we want to be paid with inflation at at the same rates everything's more expensive it's you can't ship anything properly anymore there's been chip problems at all the different uh, companies all around the world that make chiplets Uh, so you can't get the right chiplets designed anymore we've had graphics card problems Yeah. so for developers like a lot of developers use a Lot of, uh, like high high end graphics cards, they haven't been able to get their hands on those because of things like scalpers, which is the same as PS 5s Yes. Yes. So, it, you put all of those things in there, and then the price starts to make sense. Yes. But it, when you just look at price history of gaming, it doesn't make sense. No. So when you ha- you have to look at economics.
0: Oh, you do absolutely. So, but that's yeah.
1: where I, I think a lot of the gaming like. Like I mean, they're, circle they're, they're, doesn't do they're it.
0: not wrong in one sense, so I won't necessarily condemn them. What I do find rather interesting, and I can't substantiate the source for this, so you'd have to do, I'm afraid, listeners, your own research. Um, but my belief is that Sony are indicating that if you want a PS5, uh, you either give in to shortages or you will not have it readily available until at least now, the first quarter of 2024. Mm-hmm. So, So what I'm being led to believe is that this is why when I'm opening the magazines and I bought an issue there's no official PlayStation magazine anymore they got rid of that last year it's now Play they call it Play it no longer has the license of being able to call itself official PlayStation magazine
1: are you hoping not to get copyright strike is that what it is well yeah that's (laughs) what it is like I want the play in my podcast well
0: (laughs) I've been reading I've been reading this issue of Play and there are adverts for upcoming games (laughs) and consistently you're seeing the ps4 logo and it's amazing that unlike with previous generations where they were very clear about the fact of let's say ps3 for example they were very clear right let's release the first last of us that's the swan song from the console we'll have maybe a fifa or two more we'll have a couple of multi-purpose titles but ultimately PS3, thanks for your service off you go. PS4 is still getting AAA releases very good quality games as far as the release calendar goes, well into 2024. It's not slowing yeah. in that sense.
1: No it's not and part of the reason behind that is because uh, Sony with the Playstation 4 again, they 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 have the issue with chiplets, yes. of like getting stuff for the PS5, but you can get older chiplets. Yes. You can get them a lot more easily easier. So you put them straight into a PS4, bang, you've got a load of new PS4s to go out and you start promoting like ex- I, yeah. like extended PS4 run of like, hey, you can't get a PS5, but the majority of the games that are coming out that you want, they can crap on PS4. Not if you want to play VR2, but <laughs> you can yes. play them on PS4. Uh, so it's kind of a yeah you if if you want to touch anything with VR at the minute it's you've got to have money you got you got to have money <laughs>
0: I think you do. And I mean, I'd heard a story towards the end of 2021. I don't know if you'd heard the same thing, but Sony had sort of given the impression that had been quoted by several news outlets towards the end of 2021 to say that they had ordered over a billion PS4s to be made. So it was a substantial amount of PS4s. Ultimately, most of those, if not any of them, I don't think ended up in the UK market because I don't know anywhere... Other than the odd sales on Amazon or eBay, I don't know anywhere in the UK where you can go right now retail and go give me a PS4 brand new off the shelf. Yeah, not brand new. No. No. And and that's and that's it's interesting that Sony had gone out to say, look, we are ordering all of these PS4s. And I was even thinking in the back of my mind, if I could get a brand new PS4 built new in 2022, yeah, I'll, I'll pick one of those up because it'll be brand new. But actually, that never happened in the UK. So whether they've gone to places like India, Indonesia, the Far East, Japan, places where there have already been complaints that they're just not getting PS5 fast enough. Mm. And given the population density in places like India, South Africa, you know, the... Those South America where there are millions of people, millions of potential consumers who are again not getting the games that they need um, in that respect. But it's it's interesting. We're we're now also being told, even though many people who sort of wanted-I mean, I would say if you wanted a PS5, you probably got one unless you just flat out couldn't afford it, which I fully respect. But on the other hand, it, we're still at this sort of, we're not sure whether PS5, I certainly don't think it's taken over in any stretch, mm. but we're now being told not only the PSV or 2, there's now leaks and talk online of the slim version, and specifically a detachable disc drive, mm. where you'll be able to take out the disc drive and replace it should it become faulty.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's good, but it's like, a L- Little bit too much too late. Like Xbox yes. has been doing that for years. Like Indeed. it's it's it 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 does feel like it's uh, at this point in time it doesn't feel like a tech limitation. It feels like a behind the scenes limitation somewhere. And it's somebody somewhere has an office that is filled with documents that are all to do with PS fives. Yes. And like they 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 obviously just can't move them or they can't do something with them. Yes. Which is where things like Microsoft come in for the Xbox because it's just like for example the Activision Blizzard deal that yes, like, yes do you want to talk about that for a second
0: absolutely
1: uh, absolutely so, the Activision Blizzard deal for those of you that don't know uh, Blizzard who make things like World of Warcraft Diablo Uh, various things, Overwatch, Overwatch 2, Uh, they are looking to be bought out by Microsoft at the moment. Uh, And it's... Oh, yeah, by the way, I don't know if you saw this. The deal's broke now. It's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening anymore. Okay. Because they... Basically, the federal government in the US ruled that if Microsoft was able to own a developer, that would be the equivalent of Apple owning a company that also promoted on the app store.
0: Yeah, because they have very specific rules about companies not getting too big. Yes. And they've tried to go after Bill Gates for this and... They they're going after Mark Zuckerberg for this at the moment in regards to Facebook and Instagram and mm. Meta and whatnot, yeah. because the Americans specifically do not like to see a, a business yeah. become a monopoly. You yeah, know? yeah.
1: Um, this the, the Activision Blizzard deal fell through. They said they did that. It bas- they basically said that Microsoft would have a monopoly on the first person shooter gaming market. Yes, because they would if they would just buy Call of Duty and make it an Xbox exclusive. <laughs>
0: Well, this is interesting that you mention about this, because I will let you go back to this. I saw the BBC reported only a week and a half ago that they had worked out a 10-year deal with Call of Duty mm. for Nintendo. Yes. Bearing in mind that Call of Duty hasn't been on any Nintendo console since 2013, mm. but they'd worked out a deal, and then the argument was, hey, Sony, come and sit at the table with us and talk about this. Mm. Um which I found amazing. I was like, my God, Nintendo are getting in there first with Call of Duty. Because the argument is, does Nintendo even have a system that's capable of running Call of Duty to a responsible enough frame rate?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of the whole thing with Switches. Like, yes. Especially because the, the processing power is still like even even though it's as old as what it is like they're still consistently updating it yes the, the store is really good they've got tons of old Nintendo games on there now as well yes that you can just rebuy yes they uh, they they're, they're going through uh like old Microsoft games at the minute mm. so they just released on Switch the past couple of weeks ago uh, Knights of the Old Republic
0: yes they just right. released
1: that on Switch yeah and I'm like what? what, what, what is Nintendo doing like what <laughs> like who who like somebody in their back office has seen that like oh people like playing old video games yeah instead of giving them emulators they'll pay 10, 20 quid for an yeah, original yeah, license yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. just to play the game yeah. so in, instead of doing that but it's Nintendo is good for getting onto the Call of Duty. They uh, Purely, if you just look at the Call of Duty market alone, how big it is, it makes so much sense for them to jump on board. Yes. But uh, more than likely what they would do, if I, if I was them, be, purely because of the processing power of the Switch, I would go with like a last-gen Call of Duty. I wouldn't even stay up to date. It would yes. just be like... It releases like... Uh, so if like you got the latest one Warzone two or whatever it is, don't put the Warzone two one on Switch. Wait like six months till it's optimized properly. Yes. And then just release the old one. Really, and then let let people play that. And then yes. a couple of months later, once it's optimized, you release it and patch it. Mm. But, yeah, no, it's it, it does make sense for Nintendo to go into the Call of Duty franchise because it makes a lot of sense. But Nintendo have been doing some super sketchy stuff recently. I don't know if you've seen that.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah,
1: uh, They always do sketchy stuff. Yeah. But this sketchy stuff I particularly don't like uh, because they're messing with players now. Hmm. Uh, so this is to do with the Smash Bros. tournaments. Yes. Have you yes. seen this? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, uh, there's a bunch of Super Smash Bros., World tournaments and things like America, um, and Nintendo is now trying to put like a hard stop to all of the tournaments and mm. saying they're not like officially licensed, but they were giving out licenses and now they've just stopped, and they're trying to say that oh you're not allowed to run these tournaments because they're not licensed. Like they weren't licensed ten years ago and we still ran them. What are you talking yes. about? We're still going to run them. And there's a, a couple of these promoters that have been scared off now because of the. Someone sending it, it, but the thing is, they haven't even sent a cease and desist. It's not like they're using official Nintendo logos. No, they're just like, hey, you like Smash? Are you good at Smash? Smash tournament? Come play. Let's see if you're the yeah. best. That's it.
0: And it's yeah, it's it's no, it's quite fascinating because uh, no, they're they're just. You'd wonder kind of what the argument is, because if Nintendo were going to set up their own tournaments or bring back the golden cartridge, if you could imagine that, mm. like if Nintendo were going to do that again, then let them do it. Mm. But, you know, don't come in and go, hey, that group of people who get together and will buy the next Smash that we release and love the current one and all have switches because of Smash and all that Stop playing Smash, yeah. and you know, and Nintendo is pretty much scaring away consumers.
1: Well, yeah, that's it's. I mean, it's even like they'll they'll play like Smash Melee, which is t- an older game. Like it's yes. not even on Switch. Like it's yes. on. I think it's on N sixty four. I think it's like one of the Smashes that's on N sixty four that's really popular. Yes, but because they they're not making any money from it, and they feel like that IP is being stolen, they're like, no, get rid of them, and like, uh, eh, idiots, these are fans. Yeah, and they will keep paying money as long like you could have an official Nintendo setup there yeah, and just yeah. be like oh do you, you like that smash oh we've got like loads of stickers here's some extra stuff there's do you want to buy characters whatever it is like all they would have to do is stuff something like that but instead they're going out of that way and it's now become a bad PR issue
0: hmm.
1: so again marketing and PR are come from so I can no, spot a right. PR that's issue a, from can. a mile away you know what <laughs> that's,
0: it's, it's worth it's worth talking Talking about, and indeed, we will we will talk about Switch for 2023 in just a second because it reminds me of a story that I'd actually forgotten about before before you raised that point there. Uh, have you seen the thing recently about the PlayStation Store? So there was a, a user within the UK who was taking legal action against Sony. Uh-huh. And the reason they're doing this is because they say that it's unfair that the only way you can purchase digital content is through the PlayStation Store. Yeah. That it's a against the competition and markets effectively yep. or the equivalent the US competition market Authority mm-hmm. the equivalent mm-hmm. um, they 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 feel that if this case is successful it could open up similar legal produce against the likes of Nintendo and Xbox mm-hmm. and so you would log on so you would log on to your switch or your Xbox or your PlayStation uh, or even onto your PC. But then PC doesn't have this problem because as well as kind of Steam, there are other places the digital codes are, are maybe available oh, from yeah, in that yeah, respect. Yeah. So... In this case, it's the equivalent of logging on to your PlayStation and having two stores and going, Do I want the official store or do I want this third party app? And this, which I think is absolutely vital because it will force developers, it will force gamers, it will force everyone to have to have a rethink. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, competition creates and breeds success for the consumer mm-hmm. as opposed to there just being one select winner and Nintendo is like £50 for Animal Crossing. And exactly. You're like, but it's been out three, £50 for Animal Crossing.
1: Yeah, I mean, like Final <laughs> Fantasy 7, when they did the remaster, have you yes. seen
0: it's still 60 quid? Yes, I
1: have. What? It's on PC, it's still 60 quid as well. Yes. I That
0: yes. makes zero sense to me. And I mean, it, it makes even less sense to me as well that that is still an exclusive to PS4 and PS5 because i understand the logic in one sense but i'm like there are so many people on xbox and switch who would be begging for the idea of playing that game maybe not switch um because and i'll talk a bit about crisis core that i've been playing on the switch but in terms of final fantasy 7 the remake itself it would be amazing to see that on xbox it's like dead rising dead rising 4 came out xbox one exclusive major big thing that christmas everyone was going mad and literally a year later, right, PlayStation have it, let's get going. Yeah. And nobody suffered. And if anything, the winners were the developers who made money for their game and the gamers who enjoyed their game and happily paid for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it. it's it's baffling to me that the Final Fantasy VII Remake remains a PS4, PS5 exclusive. Um but I, I think overall i i think gaming it's it's become very insular depending on the console you have and mm. and it has moved away a little bit a bit from that in terms of cross play and the likes of playing call of duty on cross platform but even so as you quite rightly said earlier depending on the console you so choose you are punished. Mm -hmm. And in the case of me, where I have all three of them, I'm punished even more. Mm -hmm. But the point is, though, that you are punished Mm -hmm. because you're sort of like, right, well, I will choose to buy this game on a specific console but I have to accept the consequences of that, mm-hmm. be they limitations. It's never well. This is the superior way because they should all be superior ways, mm-hmm. and there shouldn't be such a massive limitation. But
1: I mean, like you, you want to talk about like exclusivity and all that sort of stuff, like taking things out. Mm. Like when when I was a kid in school, I used to, I hung around with people that all had PlayStations, and then I didn't get a PlayStation. I got an Xbox 360 one year, and none of them wanted to play Xbox or anything like that, so I had to find new people to play Xbox stuff with, and they all played Halo 3. Yes. So I was like... Oh, that's only on Xbox, so they can't play it anyway. Yes. Those the, other people that didn't want me to play PlayStation with them. <laughs>
0: it's like Sega and to... Nintendo all over again <laughs> in the schoolyards. So no, that's it, yeah. yeah.
1: It's all coming back. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> As I, cr- I clasp me pearls. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's. You just see the exclusivity thing, and it's just the, the more, the older and older I get, the less and less it makes sense. Hmm. to do exclusivity for things I mean even just even the example that I take which is content Let's, let's say you're making a video what's the point of only putting it out on one source
0: well, that's it exactly. Like yes. what?
1: Like it? It's. It, there's you. Instead of just putting it on your YouTube, put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter, put it on Instagram, put it on yes everything. Like yes. why not? It, it 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 vastly widens the amount of audience you were going to get if you were just stuck to one.
0: Well, this is this is true. This is this is very true. Um, and speaking of exclusivity. Um, Obviously one example going back historically was that Sega and Sonic, and Sonic being the official Sega mascot, obviously since the demise of Sega consoles, um, for better or for worse, Probably for worse, but we now still have very much Sonic has got his new, his brand new Netflix show. He's got more films, he's got other Netflix shows, cartoons. I went to Tesco yesterday, we're selling a Lego Sonic set for about £70, which looked amazing by the way. It was the Green Hill Zone. Oh, cool. Um But the point is It used to be something that was very much your allegiances to Sega and now has been marketed in a big way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then we look at Mario and Mario just immediately, the first thing that Mario screams other than fixing toilets is... Nintendo. Yeah. And so we've got this new Mario movie coming in 2023. We've also, by the way, got the Mario theme park happening in at least two places in the world. Yeah. So Japan are opening a massive Mario theme park. There's talk of London getting a Nintendo Mario style theme park at some point in the future. And... Between Mario and then Zelda, Breath of the Wild is still one of the most successful games week on week in terms of interaction, even now, three, four years after its initial release. But when we look at 2023 and we look at the new Mario movie, I think if Mario was cross-platform, I mean, you know, that would be incredible. At the same time, would Nintendo still exist? They probably wouldn't have the market share that they do. Mm. But... um. You know, when we think of exclusives, actually, to come back to that point, between Pokemon, Zelda, and Mario, mm-hmm. there's what Nintendo are still... This is why Nintendo are still in business.
1: Yes, but you know. that they're in business, but also think about at the time they were coming up, there were no other consoles for the things they did.
0: True, true. So,
1: like, they made the Game Boy... There was nothing else that could play Pokemon games yes. other than a Game yes. Boy, so like it was, it was in them cartridges. So at that time, it made sense for exclusivity. Now it just feels like a monopoly.
0: It does. And and I mean, I think um, it's whether it's Nintendo trying to save themselves, but at the same time, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet came out and it suffers even before some of you, unfortunately, on Rapid on Christmas Day, I'm sure some of our listeners, unfortunately, suffered horrendous feedback from fans mm. saying the frame rate is appalling, the game doesn't run properly. Mm-hmm. And again, that is the fault of Nintendo or of Game Freak but it's not you know it's not something that's shared so as much as yes they depend on these exclusives they also have to accept the fault that if there's something wrong mm-hmm. it then brings a barrage towards Nintendo unlike Cyberpunk mm-hmm. where you could argue it was only PS4 that had the problem as opposed to Xbox
1: oh no I'm I'm an avid Cyberpunk Are player okay, I, okay. Uh, over 300 hours oh, uh, oh wow yeah. okay, okay. So, and uh I played PC only even I had really bad times at yes, times yes. like just cut scenes where everybody's T-posing uh, uh, the sun blinding you and lighting up every single aspect of every <laughs> building so that you can't see anything uh, yeah, I've had all of the fun things with Cyberpunk, so it's it, it, yeah. When it comes to like seeing things like that, but when you're talking about like Scarlet and Violet, the the types of problems they're having, it's it's not just uh, it's it's not just a Nintendo issue. So it's a QA issue. It's a QA issue that's happening like industry wide at the minute. I don't know if you've seen about this. So uh, I I so one of the th- I loved Cyberpunk when it came out. Played, yes. Played it loads. Three hundred hours played a lot so one of the things i looked into is like well why did it suck when it first came out (laughs) like because i play it now and it's great like on pc it's fantastic especially if you play with a couple of mods that fixes a couple of things. yes yes but it's like it's brilliant and i was like well how did this suck so much on console when it first came out it didn't make any sense so i looked into it and it was they had hired a quality assurance team that was a third-party agent that they hadn't uh, fully checked.
0: Marvellous, marvellous. This
1: company, I can't remember what the Qu- Quantic Dream... I think they're called?
0: Is it really? I'm, I'm aware of the work of Quantic Dream, but yes, go ahead. Um, I
1: think it's Quantic Dream. Right. Don't quote me on that. No,
0: them. no. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> it might be them. <laughs> I don't know. Well, this is where I get a cease and desist from yes. Quantic Dream. Yes, yes. Um, no, I I think that's who it is, but it's basically when they were doing QA, they they basically got hired to find numbers of bugs. They yes. didn't get hired to find bugs does that make sense yes so they they basically got given a quarter of bugs to find each day yeah so they were just making stuff up Marvelous. And like, and just like, oh, we want you to find like fifty bugs in a month or fifty bugs in a week, whatever it is. So they were just coming up with little nitpicky things here and there to make the list up and ignoring the bigger stuff because that only counted
0: for one thing. So that's outrageous, really, when you think because that's that's not the way to do it. If you if you pay people based on, and that's where as opposed to paying people per hour and agreeing a contract, you instead. Pay them on commission, mm-hmm. and so they're more inclined to get those sales because obviously they want to earn their keep. You gotta hit that quota. You gotta exactly. It's 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 telemarketing rubbish all over again. It is, um, and this is what yeah. happens
1: when you hire third party agents in an industry that so needs creatives in it in order for it to run and the fact that they probably just got some random marketing company and went ah you look like you know video games just do some stuff and i it's i i, I have I was gobsmacked when I found out about that. CD Projekt Red weren't happy about it either. No, As you can imagine, because they spent millions getting QA done and then it didn't mean anything. And they had to start essentially from scratch.
0: It's incredible, though, really, when you think about that, because, you know... (sighs) it just it amazes me actually because if it is Quantic dream and i don't know that it is but I, but if it is uh they do a lot of they've done a lot of content that i've been a particularly a big fan of so it would be a shame um, but then you'd never know sort of the inside reasons for how how that came about or you know who made that choice when their people are forced to work late hours but my particular um my, the particular interesting one when we talk about final fantasy 7 the remake one thing always strikes me i was playing a little bit and we'll move on to this for a second before we we finish we will talk about this but um i was playing a little bit of the original final fantasy 7 ported to xbox oh, recently yeah. and perished the thought that when you released the game in the mid 90s for the playstation it was finished on release day oh, and it was that kind of like that just doesn't happen these days it just no doesn't ever happen whereas whether that's because of marketing or qa or late deadlines or taking advantage of the situation or pushing it to the last minute but ultimately when you released a game like metal gear solid on the ps1 Mm -hmm. that game was the perfection it was from the moment it left the factory floor Mm -hmm. because it was there in your hand and nobody was going to beam down loads of data to fix any problems. That's what
1: I was just going to say there. They didn't have day one patches. No. That was a thing, so it had to be done. It had, yeah. Because you're not going to be able to update it. Yes. Like, that was the whole thing. That was part of the reason why DLC used to exist. Do you know that? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, like, for users that don't know, DLC used to exist. To patch games. Oh, yeah. To, like, indeed. make it better and fix stuff. And they'd be
0: doing this They'd be doing this sometimes subversively in secret. It would be like, yeah, well, things will, you know, things will go better if you download the update. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to pay for the DLC. Don't worry about that. It's free. Yeah. And you get a lovely little skin for your character. And it's like, why is this skin for my character half the size of the game? I oh, don't worry about that. It's a, it's a big skin. It's detailed.
1: We swear it's not caching.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> a, we, we swear there's, there's nothing going on here. Um... But that's but th- this is it. It's like when a game was out, it was out, and mm-hmm. that was it. And it's even nowadays, it's still the real thing there. Whereas you know, uh, and to talk about what I've been playing recently, which which we often talk about on this show. Um, Final Fantasy 7 Crisis Core for the Switch Nice. Um, which I'm about, about four hours into that at the moment I've not I've been playing a little bit of the main story I played it years ago on the PSP actually the funny thing is Crisis Core which is the prequel to Final Fantasy 7 mm-hmm. which came out as an exclusive for the PSP back in 2007 2008 when it originally came out it was one of the few games that I actually bought from Japan because it was out six months earlier in Japan than it was in England and oh, I was nice. that Obsessed of wanting to play it. So I got a guide where a guy had translated Japanese into English just so I could play through the game in Japanese. (laughs) And I still remember it making a a semblance of sense. Okay. But ultimately it was just about me being able to see the visuals and being, oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) And then when it came out in English, obviously it made a lot, a little bit more sense, Mm. but it didn't actually detract all that much. (laughs) But I've been playing the, what, what Square Enix are calling a remaster. But they've built it from the ground up, okay. based on the Final Fantasy VII remake universe, and they've—they're using the same artwork and styles. Mm-hmm. I've been playing that on the Switch purposely because I just love the fact that this game is available. On the Switch full stop. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the fact that it's not exclusive to PlayStation. And then also um Justin Royland from Rick and Morty. Oh yeah. His new game, which isn't exclusive to Xbox and Windows, which is not on PlayStation or Switch, is called High on Life. Oh uh, yeah. And it is it absolutely fun. hilarious. And basically, <laughs> for those listeners who don't know, it's on Game Pass, yeah. day one, it yeah. was on Game Pass. For those of you who don't know, listeners, what you do is you wander around with a gun shooting aliens who have taken over Earth. And the guns themselves are creatures called Gatlians. And they have this symbiotic relationship where you basically squeeze them. And they're like blowing their nose or something, but it's firing the gun. And so each of the four characters, you have four guns in the game, and each of them have all these different little quirks. But as you'd expect from anything from Justin Roiland, the humour is phenomenal.
1: It's amazing.
0: It is, it is. I mean, even to basically get the opportunity to go on Twitch and watch someone else playing it. Yeah. It's one of those games where it's worth it. And the funny thing is, for whatever bizarre reason, they paid for the licenses for four feature-length films to be included within the game. So there's a character who's always sitting on his ass basically watching television. Yes, I've seen this. And there's one particular film called Tammy and the T-Rex starring Paul Welker no, Paul... um, Paul Weller from Fast and the Furious and Denise Richards, <laughs> and basically when I looked it up, Tammy and the T Rex is a real film from 1994, and the film is there in full you along watch with a couple it. of others, and you can just basically sit on the couch <laughs> and watch this film play out in full. <sighs>
1: You know what? One of the things I've been... Uh, one of my favourite things to go through is when things are Microsoft exclusives. Yes. Going through the achievements list. Oh, yes. Because uh, some of the achievements for these games are hilarious. <laughs> there is there's an achievement for High On Life. Uh, it's a challenge that one of the, uh, the bosses set you, and it's to stay in the same room for an hour. Yes, <laughs> yes. And that's an achievement for the game. I was like... Justin, there's no need to troll people this hard for achievements. Like, come on, man. You basically...
0: (laughs) Come on. I got to that that point in the game, right? And I was curious as to whether do I stay in the room for an hour, and I actually didn't. Uh So I'd have to go back and replay the game and get to that point and go, I'm just going to stay. But what basically happens is you go through several tests to try and join the academy, the space fleet, you get to this particular room and the boss comes up and goes, now you've succeeded. The next door will open in an hour. And the reason it will open in an hour is to test your resolve. So good luck. And the screen goes blank. And you're basically sitting there in what is a lecture theatre of a uni waiting for the door to open. And so obviously the Gatlion, who at this point is mostly Justin Royland doing a Morty impression, yeah. is basically like, come on, man. What are you, an idiot? We're going to find another way out of this. Don't tell me you're going to stand here. Come on, come on, get get moving. <laughs> now, if you look to your right, there's a crawl space that you can easily go through the vent and go around and circumvent this. If you continue to stay there, apparently after the hour, the door fails to open and the character is like, yeah, yeah. We have to get that repaired. It's going to take about a week or so. I mean, you'll probably be dead from starvation in 4 days, but but if you want to stay here, we'll make sure your body is buried with full honors and <laughs> And so it's like it's there's there's no advantage. There's like people on day one of the game
1: yeah. were
0: sitting there and they were like, "I'm gonna wait the hour because he's gonna give me a special gun that's gonna make me invincible," oh. and um and that does not happen.
1: Like ridiculous yes. achievements and games are fun. Like in, a, I think it's Final Fantasy fourteen. The one where you have the car.
0: Oh yeah, I think yeah. that's fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, yes. fourteen.
1: I think it is. And <laughs> there's there's a there's an achievement for it. it's uh, a giant. It it looks like a mountain in the background, and it's not a mountain. It's a boss, <laughs> and it takes sixty eight hours to beat. Amazing. Like and and there is an achievement to do it, but you can just go level one and try. Like, you can level one it. You can, like, straight from the beginning, you can get out of the car and go straight to it and start fighting it, and it'll be a 70-hour boss battle for you. Yes. And it's like, that's insane. Like, I love it when stuff like that happens, but it's very rare that it happens in Western games.
0: Yes. Which is,
1: uh, you know, a shame, but yeah. It is. Cool stuff.
0: So what have have you been playing yourself recently? Is there anything that that you've been playing recently (sighs) that's caught your eye?
1: Well... Um, see uh, the thing is I've been like trying to keep up with what's going on in the gaming industry I don't play a lot of games because I'm third year at the minute so I'm kind of all over the place when it comes to that um, I've been I'll be honest I I hammer cyberpunk at the minute nice because it's just there's a few different things that are happening with that uh, we've got a DLC the final DLC coming out for it soon called Phantom Liberty oh okay which is going to have like a nice new story for the main character V uh, which is going to be fun and we're going to have the final update which is 1.7 which is basically bringing all those DLCs and all the extra updates and vehicle combat and one of the things I've really enjoyed about Cyberpunk I've uh, I almost wrote an essay on this by the way so uh, I can talk about That's this for a while right, yes. uh, so one of the things I enjoy about the Cyberpunk community is specifically the modding community because it's it's rare Apart from like older games, to find a modding community that is so accepted by a developer. Yes. Like you'll find sometimes there's like people that, like, there's certain developers that just, no, don't ever deal with mods on our games. If we find find you doing mods, we're going to cancel the game or we're going to do something like that. There's a bunch of them that are really weird. CD Projekt Red takes the opposite approach. Yes. So when cyberpunk started to get really messed up on stuff like PC they literally just turned to the modding community and went we're gonna fix this as fast as we can but if you help it'll get done a lot faster yes so the modding community just started doing unofficial patches for the game wow. and be- because there's just we we love it yes. that's it we love this game and it's yes. and it, it's there's pure love for it and it's not very often you see a fan base go oh what's that uh, the game we love's broken. We're going to fix it. Yeah. Like, very rare does that happen apart from, like, big, big things. But when they're big, they're too big to fail. Yes. Whereas Cyberpunk, they had, they've had they already done all the Witcher games. They have, they have like, a, a very, like, a, an in-depth history. They knew what they wanted to do. They enju- they liked the board game. They yes. liked the original uh, history of Cyberpunk. And they rolled all that in. But... Even with all that, because of one thing that let them down, but the community just went, no, 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 you've, you've done the majority of the legwork, we'll do the rest. Yes. And then CD Projekt Red are working directly with the modding community, have literally just said, all mods are official, you can do whatever you want, use whatever mods you want, open to everything, do, do, what, do whatever you wish. But then what they're doing is, mods that make sense... They're adopting and putting them in the new patches, and then mm. paying the modders, so they're paying people that are fixing their game and patching it unofficially, that to make it official. Yes. And I'm like, that's so cool to see a company work so in depth with that 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 the to see a company work in depth with sort of that community. Yeah. Like to just to just completely go, like, cause they could have done, like they could have just abandoned the project. Hmm they could have done that like they, they, they kind of had every right to go well the QA is done now we can't do anything that's yes. just the best we're not going to do this again but because they knew that the fan base was there they just came back with it and I was like that that kind of amazed me in the sense of like I think that this game is probably going to be around for a while at like Skyrim Yes. You know, like how Skyrim, there's people who have been modding it for years and oh, they just yeah, keep playing yeah, yeah. it and keep playing it. To me, that's what Cyberpunk is now. It's like that new version of like. Well, Skyrim. I mean,
0: it it reminds me of something like Grand Theft Auto, which at one time you could say the PS2 had four Grand Theft Autos and now Grand Theft Auto, you know, 6 or Grand Theft... Yeah, Grand Theft Auto 6 has had like three PS consoles or three PlayStations. Mm. And it's, it's just remarkable that the timeline of this keeps going i i was speaking to uh, to a young man in one of my classes recently who has an xbox series x and i was asking him what he played and he was like i've only got the one game and it's grand theft auto 6 and i was like you play nothing else and he was like why is there a need to yeah and from his point of view that was that was as happy as it was going to be was that that was the community and and i think when there's something like that there's no real emphasis or need almost to bring in something else like with Skyrim possibly like with Cyberpunk it's so Mm self-sustaining that it will just continue to have its own lineage Mm -hmm. and... Who knows? Maybe in ten years' time, people will still be playing Cyberpunk regularly.
1: Well, you know? they have announced that they're going to be doing a new Cyberpunk project. Yes, which is so cool, and I'm I'm I can't wait for that because the so the one of the, another one of the reasons why Cyberpunk didn't work, they developed their own game engine to do it instead of using Unreal. They used a, a thing called the Red Engine, which is Ooh. just their see their own game builder. And wow. it's, it didn't really work correctly and didn't convert properly. Interesting. Which is what so, that next Cyberpunk project, they're using Unreal 5. Unreal Engine Five, so that it should be smooth as butter for everything now. Yes. So I,
0: I, am pretty, pretty excited for the new cyberpunk. That's it. That's another one that Unreal Engine really changed the game. And again, again, high on life is mm. is again all Unreal Engine. And when mm. you see the copyright of sort of 1998 to present, mm. you sort of go, wow, you know. And in much the same way as years ago, the Quake Three engine changed the game for so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in that respect, but it's it's definitely uh, definitely. Well worth uh, keeping an eye on, mm. and there's lots of stuff happening, um, which sort of sort of tail end brings us towards the the end of of the show. Um, yeah, is
1: it the end of the show? I don't know.
0: How long's it been? It, it has been it has been almost it has been almost an hour and twenty minutes, and Fair we normally night. I know time has flown by, and we we nor- or time has dragged. In case you're <laughs> like, has it really been only an hour and twenty minutes? The thing is, though, folks like. First of all, I'm aware that a lot of you guys will not sit there as much as you love my voice, as much as you love Phil's voice. You may not sit there and listen to us for three hours. The other thing as well is, I think that it's been a show of great content and great quality, if I do say so myself. And I also feel that, especially this time of the year, we will be looking to have more shows and we'll be looking to have a lot more in 2023. So we will definitely, definitely be looking to do that. To have more more engagement and uh, and and to kind of have more episodes for a start because as I say it was never my intention for it to go wash about six seven months since the last time I did an episode which is uh, which is completely wrong. There we go. So that's me hitting myself by the way, not me hitting Philip. I just
1: Don't worry, listeners. This. He do, he Good. doesn't smack me around too. That's much.
0: That's right. The guests <laughs> are on hand. Yeah, not too much. Not too much. The not guests too much. are on hand. Um, but yes so I I would first of all uh, again I'd like to thank new Enterprise studios for the use of their recording studio studio C and indeed they're based in Southwick and Sunderland in England you'll find them on the website on social medias and all that and you can have a look at, at all the facilities that they do in terms of production and planning and programming everything really from script to screen um, in that respect but um, and and of course to to thank Philip and for giving up his time and whatnot. But uh, any any particular parting words? Anything further to mention?
1: Um, well, thank you very much for having me on. First of all, um, nice. uh, for those listening, uh, happy twenty twenty three. I'm sure it is probably something by that now. Or is this getting released.
0: Um, I'm, I'm hoping to have it out by this week okay. the week that's being recorded well, so in all theory I hope you're all be, having yes,
1: a yes. fantastic Christmas and I hope you all have a, a fantastic new year 2023 follow me on all social media at at implied lies on Instagram Facebook Twitter uh, all the fun stuff YouTube all that sort of Indeed. stuff as well on there
0: excellent um, I have nothing really more to say except thank you so much for your time as always listener and uh, thank you for, for getting in touch. you see how I said listener is there, there is only one solitary list. and they are the person who knows what's wrong with every single show no thank you so much for listening in and it's an absolute pleasure and I hope to see you soon uh, again and to uh, if not see you at least to speak to you and uh, get in touch with the show feel free to send us a message at any stage if you can find us. We'd love to hear your feedback and your commentary, and uh, we're always delighted to, to hear more from you. I have no great words of wisdom except to say good night. Take care. All the best. Bye bye.